What's that sound? I wonder as I stand at the front of my college lecture hall and my students stare back at me. Is it the clock ticking away? Are the students hoping it will move a little faster? Nah, not in my class. Well, okay, maybe. But seriously, college is such a complex time, and these students have so much going on, both inside and outside the classroom. Am I teaching them how to think? I ask myself. Am I preparing them for their careers? Is the college experience getting them ready for that next step in their lives? Why am I asking myself so many questions? Should I be teaching right now? As I continue to talk and point at my presentation, I can't help but wonder as I look back out at my students, what is going through their minds? I only wish I knew. Well, I guess I could ask them that question. Maybe I could even listen to their answer. I am Dr. Brown. I am a university professor, and this is my Declassified College Survival Podcast. It's a place where the professor is quiet, mostly, and the students' voices are heard, really. Please join me every other week as I sit down with my students, and they can tell us directly how college is and is not impacting their lives. How do you navigate college? How does college help you navigate life? They will pick the topics. I will turn on the mic and we can all listen to what they have to say. Hi, Dr. Brown. This is Yuan. I am currently a senior student my major is biology. I, would, I was originally from Vietnam, but I moved to the States with my family when I was 10. Um, my career goals in the future, it's a little undecided, but at the moment I'm leaning towards genetic counseling, particularly um, pediatric genetic counseling. Um, so this is a podcast on the COVID-19 genetics effect of social distancing. So in your opinion, what are the three most positive consequences of social distancing? The three most positive consequences I think would have to be it limits inf infection rates. So the virus spreads through human to human contact. And if we limit social interaction, we can also limit the growth of new cases. The second thing would have to be it protects people with autoimmune disease or weak individuals. Some people are more susceptible to contracting COVID-19 than others, and social distancing, to me, is just one small act of kindness that everyone can do in order to protect the people around us. And the third thing would be it allows governments and first responders ample time to do their jobs. Social distancing allows people to, in charge, um, like governors, mayors, everything, and hospitals to come up with plans to better understand and help with growing cases. Um, in your opinion, what are three most negative consequences of social distancing? Now, the three negative consequences that I came up with off the top of my head, people can lose out on benefits from work or they can lose work altogether. As businesses began to shut down, people lost healthcare benefits which can be extremely detrimental during this time, especially if they were to contract the virus or one of their family members contract it. And it's this shared um, healthcare system.
So the second thing, elderlies are quarantined alone without supervision or help. Um, there have been many videos floating around of elderly patients that lived alone already, but now they're even more susceptible because they have no one there to help them, no one to check in on them, no one to help them get groceries or any of their basic needs. And the last thing is people can get stuck for a long period of time within abusive households. This can be um, extremely harmful to their mental health and to their mental well-being. I know some students, some college students, see dorming in college as a way to get away from their abusive households, and this can just negatively affect them. Third question, in what possible manners may social distancing policies affect the evolution of severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2? or SARS-CoV-2, which causes the disease called coronavirus disease 2019, or COVID-19. This I struggled with a lot. I don't have a definite response on how current social distancing policies affect the evolution of COVID-19, but this is what I was able to come up with. Social distancing can affect the evolution of SARS-CoV-19 SARS-CoV-2, I'm sorry, because it's a virus that thrive on human-to-human contact, meaning the more crowded space, the more people infected. To my understanding, viruses are deadly because they alter the host's DNA in order to survive. And their main objective is to pass on that gene, that infected gene, to another host. Now, viruses have a shorter lifespan, but they have a very high mutation rate, which means they have the ability to infect multiple hosts within a short period of time. This can be seen in COVID-19 or even with the common flu, which comes from influenza, which is a virus. Uh, The evolution of the virus can be slowed down if there are less hosts to infect and mutate. However, this is extremely difficult even with the current social distancing measures in place. Um, Many people are not educated on proper hygiene, like washing their hands for 20 seconds or wiping down surfaces that they come in contact with. Um, And I know with, you know, the most current up-to-date social distancing policies that we have to wear a mask. I know that there are many people who are opposed to that because they might have an illness that won't allow them to wear a mask or they simply don't think a mask is necessary. Social distancing can also affect the evolution of COVID-19 because while it mainly affects the elderly and young children with compromised immune systems, again, this can affect anyone with a compromised immune system, not just elderly or young children. However, there have been cases of young adults contracting the virus, and this just shows me that the virus is actively mutating, like most viruses are, but it's also getting deadlier with new cases because it's actively Um, passing on those mutated genes to other hosts. And as the virus mutates, it gets stronger. Um, Fourth question, why is having a basic understanding of genetics and evolution important for you during this COVID-19 time? Do you have a duty as a citizen of the world to have such a basic understanding? I do. Um, I think having a basic understanding of genetics and evolution, or even science in general, is extremely important all the time, not just during COVID-19. But it is 
also extremely important during this COVID-19 time because it allows me to speak in an educated manner and protect the people around me. Now, I may not be as well informed as scientists or doctors because I don't have that educational background that they have. But I do think as a citizen, I have a duty to educate myself on the growing concerns of COVID-19 and how it affects the world. I am able to understand more scientific language than the normal um, human and adults around me. So this having this basic understanding of genetics, evolution, and science helps me translate things to layman's terms that my little sisters can understand, that my fiancé and his family can understand, that my family can understand. And I'm able to diffuse a lot of tension that they might be feeling during this time. COVID-19 is also a pandemic that targets everyone. Viruses and bacteria, they have no bias, and we as a society should educate and protect ourselves against this growing problem. Uh, fifth question. Nothing in life is risk-free, and very few things are, quote-unquote, all or none. Based on what I have learned in this class and activity, what would be my reopening policies? Again, I have no knowledge on policies and anything political. But if I were the governor of Illinois, my reopening policy might have probably started during the stay-at-home order. Um, I know a lot of families, especially low-income families, but even wealthy families, are limited to what they can do during this time, limited to where they can go and stuff like that. Um, but I would have provided families with groceries delivery. This allows people to, well, this allows more people to stay at home and limit social interactions. I believe this could have been done through the police department, and this also allows the police to actively patrol areas that they normally wouldn't be in, or normally wouldn't be in for long. Um, as for reopening, um, it's difficult to say how I would do this because I have no political political background, nor do I know the different steps that a governor would have to go through in order to come up with a plan that helps everyone. But I believe during this global pandemic, and during um, any type of struggles or problems within the world, many people in power, their main priority <clears throat> is to create a plan that helps the majority, but not necessarily to help all. So I think my reopening plan would have been divided into a couple of steps. So step one would have to be the stay at home with essential businesses open, like grocery stores, so people can get food. Um, CVS and Walgreens and places like that so people can get prescriptions and medications that they need. Uh, step two would have to be to reopen more essential businesses like daycare. As businesses start to open up, many families cannot afford or cannot stay at home to help and take care of young children. Like I have two little sisters at home and I have two parents that work full time. My mom wasn't working during the stay-at-home order for two months, but as soon as her job opened back up, I had to move back home and help out with that. So I think with reopening daycares, that might help a lot of families so they can go back to work and they can start earning money to help their family. However, it is difficult because daycares tend to take care of multiple children at once. 
So there will also have to be social distancing policies in place for those daycares as they are for any businesses that are opening back up now. Um, third uh, step is to reopen summer camps or parks. Anything that allows, again, children and their families or even elderly to get out and get fresh air, get some exercise during the summer, this would help boost their immune system and help them have a better chance to fight off anything. It doesn't have to be COVID-19. It could just be a common infection from bacteria. This would help them get fresh air into their system. It will help them fight off anything that they need to fight off. Um, the fourth step would just to reopen non-essential businesses like hair salons, beauty parlors, malls, etc. I think they can open back up within reasons because I know it's very hot during the summer and a lot of people go to malls to cool down. I know a lot of teenagers or a lot of families do that. And I think that to reopen malls or any non-essential businesses completely could be very bad, especially during this time. So again, policies, excuse me, policies would have to be put in place to limit um, how many people are in a store at once or how many people are in that establishment or mall at the same time. And then my fifth step and final step would just be to reopen completely meaning everything is open with necessary precautions and policies in place. And I just want to add this in. State officials would also closely monitor the number of cases and steps in the plan during this time. And each step in the plan would proceed on a month-to-month basis or even two- to three-month basis. If cases began to rise and we start seeing an upward curve, which looks to me like a beginning of a bell curve, Um, then, of course, that state in question would have to go back down a step and then reassess how they would move on in that matter. Um, But yes, that is everything I have written down um, about genetics and social distancing in this current COVID time. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for today's episode of Dr. Brown's Declassified College Survival Podcast. My students and I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you are a college student or know of a college student who would like to be interviewed on this podcast, please contact me at brownsciencegroup at gmail.com and we will set up a time for an engaging discussion. Please remember to subscribe, like, rate, and share this podcast so others may benefit from hearing the voices, views, and insights of these college students. Please join me again next time when I will sit down with a new group of college students. They will pick the topic. I will turn on the mic. We can all listen and reflect on what they have to say.